0: This is the Beautiful Feet Podcast. A partnership with BeautifulFeetEntertainment.com. Follow us on social media at Beautiful Feet Entertainment and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, Chewy here, host of Screaming Chewy Show. And hey, this amazing, uplifting podcast you're currently listening to is Beautiful Feet. So don't forget to like, subscribe, share, and review. Welcome to the Beautiful Feet Podcast. My name is Anthony.
1: And I'm Jessica.
0: And this week, um, we're going to continue our series of Disney movies that we feel were basically just forgotten about.
1: As he likes to say, okay, these are things that people have been sleeping on.
0: Yeah, so let's just give a brief idea. How did this idea come about?
1: Well, Anthony and I were literally going through... We were cleaning out our closet.
0: Cleaning out my closet.
1: And we were talking about movies because we have Disney Plus and we love Disney Plus. But we hadn't really been exploring all the nuances of what Disney Plus has to offer. Because there's a lot of things. Like there's the nostalgia factor. There's there's things from like the very beginning of Disney to... Well, Recent things. And,
0: and and part of the reason was we were so invested on other TV shows that we were watching on Netflix and Hulu. We had Disney Plus for a solid six, seven months and touched it twice.
1: Because we've had Disney Plus since day one. Like since the day it came out.
0: And we finally sat back and we're like, yo, we're going to look through Disney Plus. And we just kind of took inventory of like... I remember this movie, I remember that movie It's been a while since I've seen it And we mentally started making um, Oh, I know what happened We found the movie uh, Princess it, and the Frog We found Princess and the Frog Which we reviewed a couple weeks back But um, but we actually talked to, We found this week's movie Before we reveal what revealed what that movie was And we're like, yo, this movie kind of got slept on because of frozen
1: yeah and i'm a huge frozen fan so um (laughs) there is that i admit that frozen just kind of came in and stole the thunder because you know so
0: what we decided to do is we said you know what we're going to kind of find those disney movies that basically got slept on um and we're just going to talk about them we're going to watch them ahead of time we're going to talk about the movie If we learn something from the movie, great, we'll talk about that. If it's purely entertainment, great, we'll mention that too. So, what is this week's movie?
1: This week's movie is Big Hero 6.
0: Yes. I saw this movie. Did you
1: see this movie in theaters? Oh, that's an excellent question, and I don't know if I did. See, I, I have, did. I have seen it before. I
0: saw this movie with the whites. Oh,
1: oh, that's adorable. And
0: I'm not talking about Travis and Shelby. I'm talking about Travis and his mom.
1: Oh, even more uh, cute. I know,
0: right? I don't know if Shelby was in the picture at the time. That's not important. She might have been there. If you were, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, and we went to the movies and... I enjoyed it. Now, my thing—we're not talking about the movie just yet. This is not a—we're not even going to do spoilers because it's been out for so long. If you haven't seen it, watch it. It's on Disney Plus. Um,
1: so, at this point, if you have not seen Big Hero Six and you would still like to, without spoilers, press pause, watch it, come back.
0: Yes, please come back. Uh, well, only, um, but no, I actually had to leave the theater a little early because. I truly had to go to the bathroom so bad I couldn't wait. I missed the very ending, but I think according to my friend um, Travis, I missed about three three to five minutes, so I didn't miss a lot. Mm-hmm. But you and I watched this movie last night. Um,
1: we had our very first candlelight movie night.
0: Okay, Big thumbs we, up we for have that. to explain what the candlelight movie light is going to be.
1: Okay, so. Where we were at, we came home and we were like, you know what? We feel like we just need to light some candles. Like, that was the vibe we are getting right now.
0: Well, there wasn't just a vibe. There was something else going on. Yeah. We live in a small apartment with two cats. Uh, We were at my family's, um, my parents' house celebrating a birthday in the family. We get home and we're like, okay, cool. There's a little bit of a smell in here.
1: So we emptied out the cat box, put fresh litter in, and we were like, we're just gonna use we, some candles. We, we to looked,
0: just yeah. We some candles down.
1: All copacetic here.
0: We had our computer set up because for some reason Disney Plus will not go onto our TV, but that's okay. Different subject for a different day. Um, we went ahead and like, basically, we. we we saw the TV. uh sorry, the computer with the with the candles kind of next to it. The lights were completely off, and we're like, "Yo,"
1: because and, and there was l- literally like a dust storm warning out where we were, so it's all like dark and windy. Movie,
0: yeah, so little we a little bit of
1: rain, not a lot of rain, but we, it was it was that ambiance of yeah, like it's it, nice to have some candles. We had a
0: candlelight candlelight movie night. Candlelight
1: uh, movie night, our very and first. It, uh, it,
0: it's going to be a thing in our house. Not a weekly thing, because I think we'll get bored of that really quick. Uh, but a thing. And um, so, back into the episode. We watched Big Hero 6. What are your, uh, just the initial thoughts. What are your initial thoughts of Big Hero 6?
1: Okay, he can tell you that, like, I loved Baymax. I loved Baymax specifically, when he was like powering down. And for those of you who don't know Baymax is this like healthcare little robot thing. And he's got no, no. a very. Yeah he's, he's a very huggable robot. He's. There's more of him to love. But as he starts to uh, power down. He, he was getting a little deflated. And um, yeah.
0: Basically he acts kind of drunk. Because he, he's running out of juice. He does He slows his words He doesn't speak full sentences He's so bumping into stuff
1: There There's a moment Where he's literally Holding their cat And just going "Harry, baby
0: It's hilarious I don't know But anyway My initial thoughts Of the movie I like it I think it's solid I think it's a fun movie Just to sit back And watch Um It's interesting Because It's it's this way to tell a story that, pick, you know, Pixar and Disney have kind of done before, but it's a it's it's a fun little twist on a superhero tale, which is kind of cool.
1: Well, and we see that the architecture, the background, I really was like, okay, I love this. It's San Fran Tokyo, but for those of you who have been to either San Francisco or Tokyo, you can see that they have just really combined these elements so well like i've had the privilege to go to san francisco before and as we're watching the movie in the background i'm like wow like that that really looks like okay san francisco. san francisco yeah
0: so let's get into the plot
1: okay so big hero 6 hero is a 14-year-old boy who has finished high school already so let that sink in
0: yeah what are you doing with your life
1: um, he is, like...
0: Like, he's already trying to... He wasn't initially trying to go to college, but his older brother was like, Dude, I go to this school, and I work with robotics, and I, I get to build stuff. You should definitely come along. And they... He dupes his younger brother to go. The older brother's name's Tadashi. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to remember names, because last time we did a review, I felt like I did horribly bad because I couldn't remember anybody's name and I couldn't I mean we just watched the movie too it was kind of sad anyway so Tadashi was like hey I took him to the school and at first Hiro was like dude this school it's, it's what he call it? the nerd school yeah nerd school and he was like He just wasn't feeling it. But he walked in the building. He saw everyone's experiments and what they were building and what they were doing.
1: Because they're all working on these really cool projects.
0: Yeah. So they're all working on it together. Or not together. But they all got their different projects. Hero leaves and he's like, I've got to go to the school. Again, 14 years old. And this college... They didn't really call it a college. They called
1: it a... Uh, I think it's like an institute of technology yeah. or a university for technology, the, something like the,
0: that. The owner or the like president of this, this
1: school Mr. Cray. No. No.
0: What was the owner's name?
1: Mr. Callahan. Callahan.
0: Thanks.
1: <laughs> Callahan, Callahan.
0: <laughs> Um he meets Hero and he goes, Look, we don't have an age requirement. If you're smart enough to get into the school, you're smart enough to be here. I don't care about age.
1: Well, because they were having a, like a technological fair, and so Tadashi was like, if you enter something in this, you're going to catch... Um,
0: the eyes of not only the school, but so many other people.
1: So that will be like his way to get in. So because we know that Hiro likes to fight with robots, he creates microbots.
0: These things are awesome, okay? Microbots, they're these small, like, little pieces, right? That are maybe an inch big. They're Mm -hmm. tiny. But he comes in with, like, four or five trash cans full. Like,
1: recycle bins Recycle
0: bins. Like, the things you put at the end of your street to get picked up, you know, throughout the week. Um, He puts those out. He puts a headband on, and he basically creates it to wear.
1: Because they use nanotechnology, so whatever he thinks, they do.
0: And he was he was like, look, we could he he displayed that we could use this to build buildings, we could use this to tra- uh, for transportation, we could use this for. Um, I mean, he came up. He's like, anything you can think of, these things can do. Um, and, of course, being 14, he's not good at public speaking, but because he's confident in his work uh, and, and these microbots, he put on a great uh, performance because everyone who does public speaking knows there's a, there's a, there's a performance going on.
1: Well, and the thing that helped his confidence was He had his brother Tadashi there He had his aunt there All of Tadashi's friends were there Wasabi, Honey Lemon, Fred
0: Yeah, everyone has a nickname Except for Fred Because Fred
1: Fred was the one who was doling out the nicknames
0: Um He's kind of a um,
1: He reminds me of Shaggy from Scooby Doo
0: See, he reminds me of uh, Dude, what's his name? From the Goofy movie, the guy who makes the Leaning Tower of Pizza.
1: Yes. Okay. <laughs>
0: of Cheezer. Yeah. Um, I forget the character's name, but he's played by Paulie Shore. Uh, <laughs> anyway, that's who he reminds me of—just that laid-back, like California surfer dude. Like he's got the
1: long hair and the like the the little cargo shorts pants going on, you know,
0: and a beanie. Like he is anyway, chill. Total chill. Anyway, that's Fred. So they're all there and, and building up his, his kid's confidence. And he gets off stage. And you see, he, he starts with the crowd when he's on stage. Starts with a crowd of what? Four people? Yeah. And it was just his family? Mm-hmm. By the time he's done, he's got everybody in the building sitting there watching his presentation. Because it's
1: basically like an expo. Like everyone's there displaying their science fair stuff, essentially. Yeah. So they're, he's they're, got the crowd.
0: And he works the room. It was fantastic. Gets off stage. He gets approached by a businessman named...
1: Cray? Cray. Or Crane? I don't know. Cray.
0: is No, K-R-E-I. Because that's what it said on the building. Oh, okay. What a way to spell it. That's yeah. pretty cool. Um. Now, this guy is a businessman. He's a... He, like... Think, like, Elon Musk or, like... Steve Jobs type of dude, right? He owns a big corporation that specializes in technology.
1: So he approaches Hero and is like, hey, I want to buy your Microbot. And Hero's like, no, they're not for sale.
0: And of course, the, the businessman goes, look, I'm willing to pay you. He doesn't give him an actual number, but he's like, this will be the most money you'll ever see The rest of your life. Um, So he's looking at a big check. At the same time... Callahan comes in and goes... Look... This guy just wants your invention... So he could pass it off as his own... Because I know this guy... I've, I've worked with him before... Whatever... Whatever... And... He tells... Hero... Callahan tells Hero... If you come to my school... Like... 'll get you'll get to shape the future not just give the future to someone else um, and of course he so hero tells Kray, no I'm a, no I'm not interested mm-hmm. instantly Callahan gives him an envelope gives hero an envelope saying you know welcome to the school
1: and unfortunately we see
0: now don't you hate that don't you hate? When something great happens and immediately the host of the podcast says, unfortunately, here's what happens next.
1: <laughs> yeah, there there is no chance for him to really get to celebrate that achievement because, um... They they're... all leave the
0: building and I'm going to let you tell the bad part.
1: All right. I'm going to make
0: you the bad guy.
1: I, I, I was there. I was the one who said unfortunately. Okay, so we're going to make this short, sweet, and simple. Um... We see that everyone is leaving the building and there looks like there's an explosion that has happened and Tadashi's like, Mr. Callahan is still in there. Like, I have to go. I have to save him. Um, and Tadashi, unfortunately, he dies. He passes away in the aftermath of that explosion of the where the expo was happening. Um,
0: and this is so, where the movie gets real.
1: So, Baymax was Tadashi's creation. Baymax is in Tadashi's room. Hero- Tad-
0: Tadashi and Hiro share room. Mm-hmm. BTW. They share room. There's like
1: a partition in between the
0: yeah. areas. Not a very big one either.
1: Um, So. Like
0: piece of paper.
1: How Baymax is activated is someone has to say, ow. So. You,
0: you have to show some level of distress. I don't know if you have to say the exact word, ow. Um, but if you get hurt. Or anything of that, and you show some kind of verbal distress, he's automatically activated.
1: So Baymax becomes a part of Hiro's life, and obviously, we see like his aunt and his friends, like they're his aunts making food for him. His friends, like Tadashi's friends, are like, Hey, we missed seeing you. At this point, it has been a few weeks since. Classes have started and his aunt's like, like, you really should think about going into school. It's not too late.
0: I mean, this kid is going through a major depression. He's going through grieving to the utmost degree.
1: Because he's already lost his parents when he was three years old. And the movie yeah. doesn't elaborate really any further than that. How they and um, met their demise. I
0: love the fact, though, that in the short time that you meet Tadashi... You see how much he loved Hiro. Because mm-hmm. he's probably been the one looking after Hiro for most of his life, right? Yeah, they have the aunt there, but the aunt runs a small business.
1: Mm-hmm. Like,
0: she, she runs a bakery. Bakeries are hard work. So, she probably works long hours and, you know, she gives them a roof over their head and food. But, but Hiro's support system has always been Tadashi. Mm hmm. So, in the end, they I mean, it's literally about 15 minutes, maybe? And that's stretching it, that they're on screen together. Um, but you get this sense of the bond that they have. And so for that bit to be torn away, Hiro is like, he's broken, right? He, he's like, I can't. Um, but with Baymax jumping in the picture... Um,
1: Oh, they also find to, um, they also find Hero's Microbot. and One Baymax, one,
0: one tiny Microbot.
1: Baymax is like, well, your Microbot is trying to find the others, and he literally runs away out into the street, so.
0: And this is how he breaks out of this depression because he's being, Hero is being forced to chase after Baymax, because Baymax is just walking into traffic because he's a machine. He doesn't understand that these are cars trying to, you know, that are going to hit him and whatever. Probably wouldn't hurt him at all, but the driver would probably fly. Anyway, um, so they find a warehouse where they find, they sneak in, they find a whole bunch of the microbots. I, I'm talking about to do, thousands not, of them. We're, we're talking Hundreds. about like Hero had four trash cans full or four recycle bins mm-hmm. full. This warehouse had hundreds of trash cans and recycle bins Just full. Just
1: rows and rows of these bins. Yeah,
0: you can't even see the end of them with so many. And then they get attacked by a man in a mask. In ha-
1: a kabuki mask. Thank you.
0: A kabuki mask. Using this technology as a weapon, right? So he's using it to, to again, to, for transportation. He's using them as weapons. He's using them for multitude of different things. They narrowly escaped. And I'm trying to remember how did he how did Hero reconnect with the friends? Um did his, was he just like oh, hey guys? Oh, ba-
1: Baymax had called his friends. Oh, because remember? Baymax
0: was like, hey, you're going through a dude. So Baymax has the technology to like scan and look for injury and he noticed that when he scanned Hero, he noticed that Um, Hero was going through mental distress Mental and emotional distress other words, he's going through a depression So Baymax does some research Because he's he's able to do that He researches and goes Okay the best ways to deal with depression Have people close to you I mean mean, come on Have people close to you And get out and do something right So um, I think there was another one But those are the two that they focus on so he instantly messages um, the people at the school, right? And we're going to talk about them in a moment. Um, and th- they basically come by his side, right?
1: Mm-hmm. And this is also like around the same time where we find out that cool, laid-back Fred actually has like a legit mansion. And He's a,
0: his let me I stand correct. His parents are multimillionaires. He's a college kid. He ain't got nothing.
1: Yeah. So, that's kind of when Hiro was like, okay, we were all Tadashi's friends. We need to stand up and do what's right and work together. So, they create kind of this little super squad and they get suits and everything. And
0: And here's what I loved, right? So, all of these guys go to this technology-based school. Um, One of the girls was like making a... Super fast bicycle. Uh, that was like magnet suspended. It was super cool. None, none of the pieces actually connected together. They like were magnets that like. So you could take the wheels off. And like soup. She turned that into her suit. Your favorite character was.
1: Honey, Honey Lemon. Honey Lemon.
0: What was. Not what was her superpower. But what was she making before the superpowers.
1: So we see that she. She made this. There's, like, a sphere, right? And then she puts, like, a chemical compound on it and it just, like, dissolves the sphere.
0: Yeah, they made it disappear. So, so
1: she does a lot of things where she's going to be taking chemicals, combining them, creating them into new things, working on altering compounds.
0: Yeah, so that's what she does. And then we have wasabi. Wasabi was using lasers that would be used to, like, cut different items. Right, so I think he demonstrated with like...
1: There's an apple and it's an like razor it thin slices of apple.
0: And he's using it with lasers. So they take these lasers and they make a suit where he can kind of project the lasers from his hands and use them, you know, as daggers and swords and stuff like that, which I thought was cool. Fred, they put in a lizard costume.
1: Because he's really like, okay, this is he what loves- I want to be. I want to be kind of like Godzilla, you know.
0: Yeah. And. Just make
1: me be he, this lizard guy. And he
0: spits fire. Like, I don't even know. They didn't explain how they got him to spit fire, yeah, but they no. did. <laughs> the loophole there, they did not te- tell us how he spits fire, but Dude can. When he's wearing the suit, obviously. So, obviously, there's probably a mechanism within the suit. With You know. Anyway. Um, so, they kind of create this superhero team. And that's where you get the name Big Hero 6. Because there's Hero. Um. And there's six of them all together. Mm. So, I don't, you know, simple as that. And they go after um, this man in the kabuki mask. Now, of course, the first time they go after him, they, they established, okay, he's using the mic- microbot's technology. That means that he has the headband on. They're assuming the headband is in the mask. So they're like, if we get the mask, we get control of the microbots. That's all we got to do. Yeah. There was no other planning than that. Obviously, that first fight went really badly. Right? They
1: were almost squished with a shipping container.
0: Yeah, they were almost killed. Each one of them were almost killed at some point in time. Um, but. um, And of course, like. There's got to be a backstory right? Who is the man of the Kabuki mask? Who do they think it is? Let's go there.
1: They think that it has to be Craig. Craig.
0: Right? They think that it's Craig because they're like, okay, our logic is he was there. Because we know
1: that he was there. We know that he wanted the bots. We know that he had the money. Yeah, and, and
0: so the, uh, Hero's theory was... When I left, because he left his um, the microbots at the uh, museum, Mm -hmm. not the museum, but the expo, he said, okay, um, Cray must have started the fire, but before that, got control of the microbots, and that's why he has them. So they're they're fighting against them. They end up getting the mask for a brief moment in time. And they come to find out that the man behind the mask was not Cray. It was.
1: Callahan, the guy that we Callahan. thought was the good guy. He was like, come work at my school, be with us.
0: So that's it, right? So. But then we have to find out the backstory. The backstory basically was Cray, uh, at one point in time, was building technology where he was using portals.
1: He was working on a project called Silent Sparrow.
0: Thank you. So, where he's got a portal where he's, he sent a, I'm assuming some um astronaut for lack of a better term mm-hmm. into one end and they're supposed to come out the other end. You know, of the portal. In one portal, out the other end. And um Basically, this girl gets in the spaceship, launched in. Right before they do that, they come to find out... um, There's like a
1: discrepancy. Yeah,
0: there's something wrong with the science. Something's going on. Cray kind of ignores it and goes, it's okay. Because he's he's showing a presentation to like the military, to, you know, space, uh, NASA type people. Uh, It doesn't say NASA because to pay for that name would probably be a lot of money. And... The girl goes in, doesn't come out, big accident. Come to find out, the person in the the space capsule was Callahan's daughter. I think her name was Abigail. I don't remember. Um, and that's his motive, right? Callahan is going after Cray for revenge. Now, we all kind of know uh, how this ends, right? Mm-hmm. Would you like to go go into that a little bit? No. Nope, because you don't remember.
1: Because I fell asleep. She
0: totally (laughs) fell asleep, but that's okay. I forgot about that. (laughs) Basically, they go... one. So, when they find out... When Hero finds out that Callahan was responsible for all this...
1: Oh, okay. So, he changes Baymax's directive... Because Baymax's directive is to always help people. And he's like, no, I want to go. I want to kill Callahan. And the reason he
0: wants to kill Callahan... 100% is Tadashi went in to save Callahan from the fire Obviously Callahan didn't know that But Callahan used the uh, Microbots technology Basically to surround him So the fire did not hit him He didn't start the fire It wasn't like sabotage or nothing like that But because Tadashi went in after him Hiro now blames um, Callahan For Tadashi's death So he's saying, and again, he's 14, right? He's dealt with a lot of loss in his life. He's basically saying, look, go ahead and kill Callahan. And he goes off on this mission to kill Callahan. Luckily, they were not able to succeed because I think the team kind of tried to stop him. Mm -hmm. And go ahead.
1: Uh, oh, I was just gonna see if there was more to wrap up the movie, or if we're ready to kind of dive into what we wanted to apply from it. Well,
0: the last other thing in the movie, they have one more battle with Callahan, where Callahan tries to um, basically attack Cray and destroy his his department, uh, his build, new building that he's about to uh, open up, and they come to find out that the the daughter is still alive. She's kind of in this third dimension type of thing. Uh, Hero and uh, Baymax go in to save her. And that was that. Callahan gets arrested. Cray is alright. And the, the, the daughter is alright. Um, and then they kind of rebuild their team and they, they stay as superheroes. And he goes to school and, you know, yeah. Going into our thoughts of the movie.
1: The most important thing for us was, especially during this time, if you are going through something, if you're feeling depression, if you just just need someone to talk to, to please, please, please reach out to a support system. You have family. You have friends. There are people who love and care about you because hero was at a point where he was just so in his grief over his brother's death that he could not reach out to other people. So, like, if you know someone like that, It might be a little annoying, but, like, check up on them. They need it.
0: And here's the thing. Both you and I have a history of depression in our lives.
1: We have definitely gone through moments where, like, I I will tell him that I will not talk to my friends because I don't want to be a bother to them.
0: And I'm always poking her with a stick. Like, dude, they, they care about you. And it's funny. So I have to, like, nudge you in those times, right? And you hate me for it.
1: But I'm always the person to be, like, checking up on other people, especially if I know, like, oh... They're
0: going through something.
1: They might have a family member in the hospital or whatever. I'm like, oh, so, like, how is that going?
0: Now, here's one thing that you've noticed, right? I'll poke you with that stick constantly, but, like, go talk to your friends. Go talk to your friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, or come talk to me or whoever. And when she finally does it, she's like, well, I don't want to be a bother, whatever, whatever... When you finally jump in and talk to them, every time they're like, "Hey, let me help you." Yeah. It's never you've never been turned away, as far as I know, and the one you've you've had a few friends who try to help you, but they haven't really been too helpful. But that's because they got their own stuff they're dealing with. But, and I think you we now know who your support system is.
1: And I have a really solid support system in place, and. Again, like this movie just highlights the importance of, you know, like whether you have faith or not, we all need people in our lives to be there for us, to lift us up, to build us up.
0: And here was my thing. You have two characters. You have Hero grieving over the loss of his brother. You have Callahan grieving over the loss of his daughter. So you have two people grieving grieving over death. Even though we come to find out Callahan's daughter was not actually dead, they presumed her to be dead. So you have two people facing nearly the same thing. Obviously, situations could be different, um, but it's how they how they reacted, which made it different, right? Mm-hmm. Hero, except for that relapse in judgment when he tried to kill Callahan. He became very constructive he decided to build he decided to be creative um, he had a support system a team around him that was building with him uh, and helping him emotionally Callahan was very isolated I mean he was in um, an abandoned like building we don't we don't even know the difference between when his daughter disappeared and, and the, you know when he became Kabuki Man Mm -hmm. but they don't actually give the character a name so I'm just calling him Kabuki Man um but he's he was isolated he was vengeful and wanted revenge like there's a difference there no matter what you're going through and I've I've dealt with this right no matter what I've gone through I've realized that first of all community is so important being constructive and, and and building and creative that's also going to get your mind moving differently right so that's going to help you out of that depression um
1: well and because anthony and i like we have talked about the fact that the arts right now are needed more than ever like you might feel like if you're writing or painting or drawing or creating or working on something because of what's going on With the world outside Is it really worth it But we just want to encourage you To like yes Keep creating things Keep taking those ideas And like allowing them To come to fruition You know
0: Well and I would even argue That even with our world The way it is We um And if you're like Well my art just keeps coming out Negative and dark and gloomy That's okay Because we're in a time where that seems to be needed. One day we're going to look back on that, that song that you wrote or that story that you created or that sculpture that you were able to, to put together and we're going to see it as a time capsule of like, this is what was going on in that time. And we could even show how we as a society were able to pull out of this situation. So don't worry if, it gets, if you feel like it's getting too dark That doesn't mean you've lost hope. There's always hope.
1: So we really enjoyed Big big Hero 6. Easy for
0: you to say. I know,
1: right? Big Hero 6. We really enjoyed the movie. Uh, We definitely enjoyed Baymax. We enjoyed the friendships that were formed. Um, And I think for our next movie in this, hey, here's some Disney movies you may not have thought about in a while, we're going to take it all the way back to The Black Cauldron from 1985, I do believe. And here's the
0: thing. I don't think I've ever fully seen that movie. I've seen bits and pieces, but again, it came out even before I was born. So there's a chance I have not seen this entirety. So yeah, it's going to be fun.
1: Just because I was thinking, I'm like, that's a Disney movie that everyone seems to have forgotten about. Like, I, I just don't know.
0: Yeah. And... Here's the thing. I don't know how long this series of ours is gonna go. It might be two more episodes. It might be for the next six months. (laughs) Um, But I am gonna try to sprinkle in different things every couple weeks, so Mm -hmm. it's not just Disney movie after Disney movie.
1: Well, Um, we're we're doing like our hip hop and ballet. We're doing our Disney movies. We have interviews with people. It's definitely, we're, we're trying to shake it up and give you, as the listeners, variety each and every week.
0: Absolutely.
1: Um, so if there's a topic that you would like to hear us cover and discuss, please hit us up and let us know.
0: Yeah. You can hit us up at BeautifulFeetEntertainment.com. You can hit us up on BeautifulFeet at um, Twitter and Instagram. Like I said, you could literally just email us from the website. Like, there's ways to get a hold of us. Uh, But we are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to jump into Acts 24.
1: Yes, Acts chapter 24. Acts
0: chapter 24. So hang tight. We will be right back. Welcome back to the Beautiful Feet podcast. This is the portion of the podcast where we go ahead and jump into scripture and talk about how it impacts our life. Um, So we're going to jump into Acts chapter 24. Before we do, Jessica, would you mind jumping us into a review into Acts twenty
1: three? Alrighty. So Acts chapter twenty-three we see that Paul is still in Jerusalem and he um he has been put on trial and during chapter twenty three he is defending himself, so he's speaking um he's speaking on his own behalf, um because the Sanhedrin have basically said like okay he came he had these thoughts about um they basically had theological differences between judaism and christianity or what is referred to in this instance as the way so we find out that there is actually a plot against paul's life so heading into chapter 24 we are going to see Paul taken to um, a different location, and he is going to be imprisoned by Herod's palace. Mm-hmm. So, chapter 24 uh, introduces a new character to us. It's going to be the governor Felix.
0: So, yeah, so we find Paul basically.
1: Um, oh, and now he has moved, he's in Caesarea. Yeah, Hopefully so, I said that right.
0: Yeah, so he's in Caesarea, um, standing before Felix. Um, basically, he's able to uh, defend himself, right? Able mm-hmm. to defend himself uh, as to what his crime was. And I love the way he kind of um, goes through this, right? I love the way he shares it because what he does, he goes, basically says, you know what? speaking to Felix, speaking to the judge basically says something to the effect of here's the facts that they give you but here's what happened Uh, here's actually what happened, right? Like, would you actually mind reading uh, Paul's section? Let me see. Oh, yes. Let me
1: know where you want me to start.
0: We will go from verse 10 to it looks like to about 16.
1: All right here. And when the governor had nodded to him to speak, Paul replied, Knowing that for many years you have been a judge over this nation, I cheerfully make my defense. You can verify that it is not more than twelve days since I went up to worship in Jerusalem, and they did not find me disputing with anyone or stirring up a crowd, either in the temple or in the synagogues or in the city.
0: so let's go ahead and pause there for a moment one thing i love that you're gonna notice um he did he said you know what yes i was in this area he does say you know i was there to worship um but he says you know i did not work up a crowd there was no riot there was nothing going on uh that was illegal um and the reason why i like that is one is he he directly uh has a rebuttal for their initial argument was their initial argument was that he was causing chaos he was causing a riot and he says there's no signs of that that never happened was i there absolutely but he says i never once had a group of people uh in any kind of riot or chaos whatsoever
1: because we see that his accusers have come down in a group they have the high priest Ananias. They have the elders. And they have basically a lawyer that's with them as well.
0: Yeah. And so and I love it because as he's speaking, uh, at least I got the sense that he's still being respectful. He's still being like courteous. He's not uh, being abrasive by any stretch of the means. So I think that works in his favor. Because... Essentially, what the judge rules is that he puts uh, Paul on some level of house arrest, right? So he's still in prison, but he's able to have visitors, he's able to have people who care for him, um, take care of him, and support him. So, because
1: uh, Felix does say toward the end of the chapter that, yes, like I do. I'm familiar with the way, so Paul is going to have some freedoms, and his friends are going to be able to come and take care of him.
0: So, and that was, I mean, is there anything else from the chapter that we need to pinpoint before we kind of break down the verses that, it, that we're looking into?
1: Um, I just feel like it's kind of important to note um, that Paul, in all of these instances, Is pretty much the only person that's speaking up on his defense so like he has the deck stacked against him as far as there's a large segment of people who have been riled up for lack of a better way to put it to be like no like we really we're we're demanding that Paul's life be up to us to deal with
0: yeah Um And there was another thing that you had pinpointed or you had, you had spoken about, um, that you really wanted to, to address.
1: Well, I was just, again, as we're preparing to get ready for this, I was telling Anthony that honestly, what it comes down to is the fact that the Sadducees, like, they don't believe in life after death. And Paul's over here talking about like, yes, Jesus was resurrected. So that's the main beef. That's the contention is that there is a major theological difference between the Sadducees and the people of the way.
0: Yeah, so we have this difference, right? And that's the thing is when it comes to theological differences, that's really divisive because uh, both sides of that argument are going to take a heavy stand on what they mean. They're not willing to um, sway in any way.
1: But Paul... Is saying again in his defense that like I believe in the law I believe in the prophets I believe in the God that they believe in it's just like I also believe in Jesus uh, in addition to that so yeah. he hasn't forsaken his roots in Judaism
0: and and that, that's a that's a great position to be in because he understands the history of the different feasts that Jesus talks about Uh, the different um the different levels of sacrifice that Jesus uh, displayed within his ministry like Paul understands the the history of that and so he's able to connect the uh, the Jewish traditions to Jesus's actions um, which is makes for a great marriage because they they come from the same the same rules and regulations of the same God but there's one more thing you you had pointed out about the courts. Do you remember what that was?
1: Oh, <laughs> later on we did talk about the fact that um, Felix, again towards the end of the chapter, is like, okay, like we'll meet up, we'll talk a little bit, and it lays out like, okay, Felix is literally expecting Paul to bribe him so that he can get out of prison. Yeah. So this is why you see two two years goes by and then we're in chapter 25 we're going to see Paul brought up against Felix's successor Festus.
0: Yeah, and 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 that just goes to show that even in this time or in this culture bribery was something that was would be used to limit or or um, shorten a sentence because If you had money, if you had means, um, that was, you know, you would use those resources to get a lighter sentence. And do we see that in today's culture or in the past current culture that we live in? It happens all the time.
1: Well, and even the people who are are Paul's accusers, you have it marked here in your Bible, um, basically verses 3 through 8 is... All right, like we're coming through. We're gonna kind of butter Felix up a little bit, saying like, "Oh, like things are so peaceful here. Like, you, you're so kind to us. Thank you so much for hearing us out." So yeah, I feel like um corruption is not anything that's new in the judicial system. That's not to say that every judge is going to want to accept a bribe. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that we see felix is literally like hey paul you can slide some money in my way and we can we can work on this um there's a saying you know that money talks so um just looking at power and influence like it's a it's a whole big rabbit hole that we could go down of how corruption happens
0: yeah um and 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 obviously we can focus on that and and that wouldn't be a horrible subject to talk about. It would definitely be eye-opening. Uh, but for this... Um, excuse me. For this chapter specifically, we wanted just to focus on the, uh, on a few things, right? So what were some of those things that we had uh, pinpointed out that we're going to focus on?
1: Well, one thing that's, that just stood out to me was that obviously Paul has been in prison before. He's been put on trial before. It's always just... Paul coming to speak on his defense and then there's on the other side of the fence there's like numerous people who are bringing these accusations against him so I feel like that right there shows you that it's not just one man versus one man it's like here's Paul and he's up against this crowd of naysayers
0: yeah um and again I just love the fact that when Paul comes to his own defense, and he's able to speak on his own defense one he does not deny Jesus he he basically he speaks on it and says yes I believe in Jesus I follow Jesus and that's what I was teaching on but he's so respectful about it he's not breaking the law he's not breaking traditions because again he knows the Jewish traditions uh, he does follow these traditions to, to You know, throughout his life, so...
1: Well, and he points that out, too. He's like, hey, like, I took my time. I had my week. I was ceremoniously clean when I was in the temple. So, like, I was adhering to your rules and regulations to be able to be there.
0: And I think that's...
1: So he was showing a reverence a respect for this place. Exactly. Because, like, the temple... I don't know if we have... We have like a an equivalent, um, but like the synagogue is kind of like your your local church where you would go on a weekly basis. But the temple, like this was, this was a special place for the Jewish nation. Yeah. It still is to this day. Like this is this this is an epicenter for their their way of life. Like if you're gonna be in the temple, yes, they're like you. You are going to be respectful and reverent. Like it is a privilege to be able to worship in that space.
0: Yeah, and
1: so Paul understood this. He was like, yeah. "Okay, I'm, I'm doing it." So you know?
0: because he understood it and he understands the traditions, he followed that tradition. He said, "You know, what, I'm going to do this correctly." Um, that way, when he comes to the courts, he's able to say, "Look, there was no crowds, there was no riots. I was ceremoniously clean." The only thing that they have on me is that I was speaking about Jesus right um,
1: well because he was specifically talking about Jesus's resurrection the resurrection from the dead
0: exactly and he's speaking to a group of people who believe in the Messiah but they have believed the Messiah has not come yet and he is speaking on it saying no Jesus was the Messiah this is what he did for us. He died on a cross and resurrected so that we can, can live this new life.
1: And, like, let's also remember that Jerusalem is literally the place where Jesus was welcomed in during Holy Week. That first Palm Sunday, like, the crowds were, were cheering for him. And, like, they laid down their coats and palm branches. And, like, he had a wonderful reception and then
0: a week later
1: he was put to death so jerusalem is not unfamiliar with jesus yeah
0: but that as as a nation as the jewish you know culture they expected a different type of messiah so hearing that jesus this man that they did receive so well was was the messiah it didn't line up with what they believed would be the Messiah's role in their community. Because they were looking for more of a, like what, a military leader? Yeah, or exactly. Like a like lead? a political
1: king. Thank Thank someone you, to come in and just sort of maybe overthrow the Roman authority there. Like, that was what they wanted. But Jesus was like, no, like the kingdom of heaven, like I have something spiritual to offer you. Yeah.
0: And he's basically saying you know he has something that is gonna last for eternity not just for the time on earth and they they, it was just a different expectation so Paul is coming to his own defense uh, but he's respecting the culture he's respecting the courts and really he's just the only difference is is he's speaking about the resurrection of Jesus and that was where their theological debate split, because the Jewish leaders believed in one thing; he believed in another, um, and they were just—they were not willing to reconcile with Paul. So, thinking about that, do we see anything like that in the church or in our culture today?
1: Oh yes, I—I I feel like the word that comes to my mind is stubbornness. Because people have different ideologies and they just get it into their mind and into their heart of like, well, I'm right and they have to be wrong and I'm just not willing to listen or have an open dialogue. So, Because I feel like Paul, again, because he had a Jewish upbringing, like this was how he was raised, he definitely had a respect for those traditions. Mm -hmm. But the people who were his accusers were like, this the way stuff, this Jesus stuff, like I'm not about that.
0: Yeah, and, and, and I think we see that not, not just in the church, but we see that in our culture all the time. And it's, sometimes it's as simple as the way you raise kids, that could split people up, right? Because mm-hmm. one person will do it one way and think that they're right, and they'll be so adamant about it that they can't even hear the side of the story of the other party, right? That happens within marriages, because one person wants to run the house one way. One person wants to do it their way. Um, I mean, where do we not see it? We see it everywhere.
1: Well, I think the important thing for us to remember is, as mature adults, we should be able to engage in a dialogue with people and be like, okay, we have two differing opinions, but that doesn't mean we can't get along with one another.
0: So there's the... um. That old saying of like, you know, in my family, you don't talk about religion, you don't talk about politics, right? Like, mm-hmm. I've heard that from so many people. I've only heard from one person, and honestly, it was through Facebook. I think it was through a meme or something they had posted on Facebook where it says, what we should be doing instead of avoiding these subjects, we should be raising our, um, our standards and, and raising our families... To be able to have these discussions, and still um, to have these discussions, and still show respect for the different uh, points of view, right? Oh,
1: absolutely. Have that
0: maturity not only in our in our homes, but in our cultures and in our churches. To say, you know what, you may have a different opinion, but let's have a conversation instead of avoiding these subjects.
1: Well, even within Christianity. There are so many different facets and offshoots and things that, you know, like, we are going to, even within the church, still have these, these subjects, these things, these ideologies that we have a disagreement on. So it's not like Christians present a united front either.
0: And with that, I think we have... That's where, we, that's where we get a lot of people outside of the church confused, right? Because they're like, if you guys can't even agree, how are we expected to follow this Jesus when you guys don't even agree, right? But with that, it's like, well, we're human. And, and the truth is, you, you, you're called to follow Jesus. You're called to follow God, not necessarily follow a pastor or a specific church, right? Like that's who we are called to follow and emulate and and act like.
1: Well, and the reason that we don't have honest dialogue and discourse about religion and politics is because they are such hot button issues, like they're very divisive.
0: Yeah. Um yeah, and That's something I understand, but I understand it to a point because I feel like you have to have those discussions uh, in order to grow, in order to learn more, in order to better understand not only your point of view, but the point of view view of others. The problem is too often we don't want, we as a community don't want to hear the other point of view. We just want them to bend to our point of view.
1: Mm -hmm. And again, that goes back to like, well, I have to be right. So therefore you have to be wrong
0: yeah and again I love how we even see that in Scripture this is not a new concept this is not um, something that just popped up in 2020 or in the last 15 20 years it's been around forever we just need to learn how to navigate it and I'm and I know that the Bible teaches us how to navigate it we just have to look into it and actually take what we read and apply it to our lives.
1: Well, that's because you and I, like, the Bible is the guidebook for our life and how we live our life. So, yes, we do take it. We take the wisdom and guidance from it, and, like, that is is what guides our pathway. But there are some people who they are going to be like, well, the Bible was just a text that was written in ancient times, so that's where it needs to stay. Is in that context
0: and the truth if if that's the way to look at it then every history book would be obsolete every like um, philosophical argument would be obsolete like so many arguments that people based their life on would be obsolete because what was written in the past for a specific group of people it doesn't apply to us so yeah I don't know that just doesn't make sense you know it doesn't hold up to scrutiny um but we can follow with what paul did he he argued his point but he did so respectfully and he, he doesn't seem the kind of guy who even has uh resisted arrest. he was like hey i'm in prison i'm actually joyous to be in prison because i get to spread the gospel in a way that nobody really gets the opportunity to
1: Well, and also between this chapter and the next chapter, chapter 25, we're going to see two years of his life have passed.
0: Yeah, and in that two years and beyond, he writes the majority of the New Testament from these times, from this difficult time where he's in prison, and all he does, all he has time to do is write, because he can't do anything else, and he writes the Bible, I mean...
1: Well, and it's interesting that you say, you say that he is joyfully imprisoned because I don't know if he wrote this, but we do have that scripture that says we should count it all joy when we face many trials, when we face tribulations, when we suffer for righteousness' sake.
0: I believe he wrote that, but I also think it's reiterated in James, but I could be incorrect. Um, but yeah, is there anything else from this chapter that we need to stem from or pull from before we go ahead and, and, and move on?
1: Um, I think we we pretty much wrapped it up. We see Pauls in a new city now. He's he's pleading his case with the Governor Felix and um yeah, so we're going to pick it up in chapter 25. We're going to see him talk to Festus.
0: Perfect. Uh so we're going to go ahead and conclude there. I'm going to get ready and pray. Um before we do that, we just want to thank you guys for for listening, for being here with us.
1: Oh, and we also would like to know, because in a few weeks, we're going to be wrapping up the Book of Acts. Do you have a book or a topic that you would like to hear from us in the future?
0: Absolutely. Um, we would love to hear from you. Please contact us. Um, go to BeautifulFeetEntertainment.com. Beautiful Feet Entertainment on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and honestly, any way you could find us, if you just communicate with us, we'll be happy to, to you know communicate back. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and end us off in prayer and we're gonna go ahead and uh, go from there father God. We just thank you um, For your provision for the love that you've given us for the simple fact that you have died on the cross for us You rose back up Indicating and showing that we too can rise in these times I pray God that we would lean on you in this time that we would find our strength in you And we would continue to walk in your love and in your grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a great week, you guys. We will talk to you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the Beautiful Feet Podcast. A partnership of BeautifulFeetEntertainment.com Please feel free to follow us on social media at Beautiful Feet Entertainment. Please visit BeautifulFeetEntertainment.com And do not forget to like, share, and subscribe.